Jenny. Hi, I'm Inyang. And this is Unbounded Compass. Today on the show, we're going to be talking about New Year's Eve and New Year's Day traditions, both our own experiences and also some cultural differences between America and Korea. 안녕하세요, 여러분. 이번 시간에 저희 Unbounded Compass에서는 미국과 한국에서 한 해를 마무리하고 새해를 어떻게 시작하는지에 대해서 이야기를 나눠보도록 하겠습니다. Hey Jenny, how was your Christmas? It was good. We actually had a little snow, so that was fun. Yeah, it was fun. It only lasted 24 hours, but maybe we'll get more later. <laughs> yeah. So the, the girls definitely enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, so are you taking a break, entire holiday, until the, uh, the beginning of January? Yeah, it's actually, it feels like we're still on vacation around here because the girls are off from school, mm-hmm. and um, even when I was teaching, I would get two weeks off. So it encompassed the entire holiday between Christmas and New Year's. So, yeah, you get in that week between Christmas and New Year's, and it just feels strange, like you don't know what to do with yourself right. because you're still on vacation. And a lot of people are still on vacation during this week. Mm-hmm. That's a little bit different from Korea. We don't usually get to have that long of a holiday at the end of the year. People do celebrate Christmas and the last day of um, the year, and first day of the year, but not there's like designated period of time window that people were considered as a vacation at all. So I've heard that a lot of school students got off the school yesterday, mm-hmm. and then they just start their winter vacation until I don't know maybe the beginning of February. Oh, in Korea, they take yeah. a month off. Uh-huh. Oh, see, that's probably the difference because we have. Oh, ha- half the week off at Thanksgiving, two weeks off at Christmas, mm-hmm. another week off for spring break. So it sort of spreads the time out. Right, but then you have almost three months. Of yeah, two, two, three months. Yeah, months, months of uh, summer vacation. When I was young, I think it was maybe two months, that a month and at, a half. At summer? Yeah, summer, at summer. Yeah. But these days, I, I heard it's all about a month. So, so you probably a... have similar amounts of days off, but they're spread Just, out throughout the year differently. Yeah, differently, yeah, for sure. So what are you going to do for this uh, New Year's Eve and New Year's Day? Well, this year is going to be pretty much like every year. (laughs) We are actually having a party with my two closest family Mm -hmm. friends, Mm -hmm. and it's at one of their houses this year. So we'll get together with our kids and we'll have, you know, finger foods. We'll watch the ball drop on TV and Mm -hmm. toast and all of that, just like we do just about every year. So pretty much the same thing I do every year. How about you? What are you planning um, we'll probably spend time with uh, my husband's family. They, since they were traveling during Christmas, we didn't get to see them. So this time they want to spend time with us and my baby will have a great time with <laughs> her grandparents, I guess. And you'll all stay up till midnight? Um, not sure about that. <laughs> it's really hard for me to stay a bit late these days. And to be honest, I don't really care because I'm getting old. Oh, right. Because they have that tradition that you count yes. yourself the next year up at the new year. Yes, exactly. So, Okay, so when you were younger, mm-hmm. what would you have been doing when you were still living in Korea? December 31st, the last day of a year, we'll probably go out and then hang out with friends mostly drinking and eating and maybe go to karaoke or something like that but a lot of people the first day of every year go hiking to see the first sunrise and if it's not mountain or hills they will go to the beach see the sun from there so you would stay out and party and drink all night and then find the sunrise <laughs> I or mean, do you not stay up till midnight young people will do that party hard and then just stay up all night and then go outside maybe four five in the morning to see the sun but my parents generations like older people they will probably wake up early and go hiking to see the sun instead of staying up late no 
I kind of like that tradition. Mm-hmm. Also, one thing that we do every year at midnight from December 31st to January 1st, uh, we do ring this bell that's in Seoul and place named Boshinga. It's in Jongno. Jongno name itself is coming from the bell because Jongno means Bell Street. And this bell was struck 108 times before, but 33 times these days. So that's cool. We've had some bell ringing traditions too. Mm. And at who, so who rings the bell? Is there any particular association? Because here, I know, it, and originally when they rang the bell, it, was, it started at a church that rang the bell. For us, I think more like Buddhist monks. Mm. Uh, maybe politicians, I don't know, or celebrities. I think people that are well-known out there. Okay. And that people get together at this Jongno. So why do they ring the bell 33 times? That's the interesting part. So before they rang the bell 108 times, that's associated with um, Buddhism Mm -hmm. as well. It's more like Buddhists' belief about 108 earthly desires or 108 sins. Uh, But now it's 33 times because it's from Joseon Dynasty. During Joseon Dynasty, there was a curfew at 10 p.m., and then they closed all four big gates and small gates in the, around the castle and Seoul. And then they uh, lift the curfew around 4 a.m. in the morning. And then they rang this bell 33 times. 33 times also come from Buddhism because Buddhists believe that there are 33 heavens. Mm. So I'm not sure, but I believe that's from the Buddhist beliefs. But they would ring them at 4 in the morning, not yeah. at midnight? No. Before it was uh, 4 a.m., but now it's at midnight. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. We've just posted three articles about New Year's traditions, and I found three, four questions about it. Uh, I'll start with the first question. One, the, one of the articles you mentioned about kissing significant other. <laughs> Right at midnight. At midnight, yeah. I've seen that on the movies or dramas. And what if you don't have someone to kiss? Is it ha- does it have to be always a significant other, like your boyfriend or your husband, something like that? It started out that way. Originally, it meant that if you you know if you kissed your significant other at the stroke of midnight on New Year's Eve then it would bring you good luck in your relationship for the year. So you really wanted to make sure you kissed your significant other or you would potentially have bad luck. And also, if you were interested in somebody that you maybe had just met or you wanted to have a relationship, you might try and kiss them because it would bring luck for that relationship that might develop during the year. Uh But it's become sort of popular. And I don't think that many people really believe in the the actual luck it might bring them. It's just kind of become a fun thing. Right. So so now everyone kind of just finds somebody to kiss. And potentially it could mean that you'll just have luck in love in general if you okay. kiss somebody at midnight, if it's not somebody you're in a relationship with. Okay. Um, but mostly it's just for fun. Is that not something that you guys do? In no. No kissing people at midnight? No. Have you seen <laughs> Korean dramas? Well, yes, that's yeah, true. I, I, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I, I, don't, <laughs> I, I just assume that's not really representing real life. Well, I don't know. You might with your um, boyfriends or your husband. I don't know. But you don't just go and pick up random person and try to kiss. It's because <laughs> it will bring your luck in your love life or anything. Well, maybe you should start that tradition. It doesn't sound like it would be bad. Oh, well, unfortunately, I'm married. So <laughs> I'm not specifically Korea in general. I guess. <laughs> All right. Then. Question number two. Then there are a lot of food that you mentioned that people eat on the first day of New Year. Uh, is there any food you eat every time? 
So the ones I mentioned, um, I've tried a lot of those, but I haven't used them as my, you know, symbolic meal, first mm -hmm. meal of the year. Partly, I think, because a lot of those are associated with different regions of the United States than the one I live in. And also they're associated with different cultural heritages than my own. For example, the East Coast with the German heritage, which gave them sauerkraut and sausage. Mm -hmm. And in the South, the Black Eyed Peas, which is more of, it's a Southern thing, but it also originated in Africa, I right. believe. So, mm -hmm. I mean, those are not my cultural heritage is british and swedish right um, and i haven't really done a lot for that a link to my cultural heritage although i did sort of research it this year because sometimes i think that's fun mm -hmm. and i think i'll try one that's a swedish heritage this year which is where you make rice pudding and then you hide an almond in it so whoever ends up with the almond in their bowl that means they'll get more good luck for the year plus oh, i fun. like rice pudding so yeah i might try that one traditionally though before i was vegan we would just do a lot of finger foods the closest i got to one of those traditions was making pigs in a blanket which oh. is the little sausages baked in right. pastry dough mm -hmm. so i did have pig or pork, which was sort of a good luck food, although I didn't realize it at the time. And now I still do finger foods and things, but it's generally vegetables and things that are plant-based since I'm vegan. And that's more because it's easy and it's fun and it's not, it doesn't take a lot of effort to create. Right. Um, speaking of pork, that's very interesting. We do have the same thing, but it's not something that we would eat for holidays or anything. When people start their new business, mm. They bring this pig's head, only head part, not the body part, only head on top of the little table accompanied by a lot of different sort of food. And then the pig's head have to have this smiley face. And then people put some bills, like money, into the dead pig's head. Like in the mouth? In the mouth. Mm. And people believe that it will bring the good luck for the business. So we do have that too. I think the symbol of the pig seems to be a good luck symbol for a lot of cultures because it showed up in a lot of the menus too mm. from different parts of the world right oh well, they're fat if you are poor you know then you you, you can't get fat that much i guess that's why right i read about that too mm. how the fat pig symbolizes wealth because they have all of that fat and it would last if you had one pig it could feed your family for the winter, winter and all that. Yeah. so there's a lot of richness associated with the pig mm. um next one is about chips and dips when I moved here first time, I remember that I was invited to this place. And in Korean culture, when you invite someone to your house, they make really a lot of food to feed your guests well. So that day, I skipped my lunch thinking, well, it'll be okay, you know, I'll have something else later. And I went there, well, there was a cans of Cokes or <laughs> Sprites and chips, with the, and yeah, chips and dips. So I was like, this is just a snack. You know, what am I going to eat? You know, you know, I mean, that is common. Uh -huh. But also, uh, one thing you'll need to take note of if you're going to a party is when it takes place, too. Because a lot okay. of people will intentionally plan it between traditional meal times. Okay. Which signifies they're not giving you a full meal. I see. But even still, just having chips and dips or other kinds of finger foods, mm -hmm. that's popular anyway. I mean, mm -hmm. even dinner parties sometimes aren't really traditional dinner parties. They mm -hmm. just have a lot of finger foods. Mm -hmm. and But part, there's a lot of reasons for that. One of the reasons, a couple reasons might be, um, like a football party, if you're going to a football party, you're going to be sitting in front of a TV, probably right. on a couch or standing or on chairs. So it doesn't really make sense to have a whole spread meal. meal yeah. So they create things that are portable. So mm -hmm. you can hold them in your hand or maybe hold a plate that's got just a few small finger foods on it while you're watching mm -hmm. the football game or whatever. 
But this idea of having very social parties is, I don't, I guess it's an American thing. I didn't realize it when you asked this question. So I kind of looked up what created this idea of having these sort of social parties where people eat finger foods. Mm -hmm. And it was done before the time of prohibition, but during prohibition in the United States, this idea of a cocktail party became very popular. And I know in Korea, people don't usually have parties in their homes, right? No, not, no, not, not so much. They'll go out to a restaurant. Mm -hmm. Well, here, people have parties in their homes all the time, which became very popular during, during Prohibition because you couldn't go out to a restaurant and get alcohol. Right. So people threw more parties in their homes, and they would then serve uh, small appetizers or canapes or you know finger food because they didn't want all the people at their party just getting totally drunk and then leaving, and everyone would know they were serving alcohol. Right. So if they could give them food, it would you know keep them from getting completely drunk, but it was just small finger foods. And so that became a really popular way to throw a party. Okay. And I think it's kind of carried over because people, I go to parties like that all the time, mm. especially because people don't generally have the area or the space in their home to, to sit down and feed that many people right. in a formal way anyway mm -hmm. at a table. So this way it's easy. People can walk around. They can mingle. Totally makes sense. Yeah. And then you mentioned noisemaker. Right. Fireworks. Is that not a thing in Korea? <laughs> no. Like fireworks, first of all. Maybe city governments right. might do that. Not individual people. Do individual people do fireworks ever during the year there? They might have this sparkle stuff, sparkle oh, handheld. Ones. Yeah, but not like things that go up oh, in the yeah. air. Yeah, not that much. Well, here it kind of depends on where you are because there are some laws that restrict fireworks here as well. In fact, we used to be able to shoot fireworks off aerial fireworks from the ground mm -hmm. until last year. They just made it a law where you can't right. hear either. Uh -huh. But like I've lived in three different states, and when I was in Idaho. We would do fireworks, but they wouldn't be the kind that went up in the air. They would be the handheld ones or the little fountains that come off okay. just on the ground. Mm -hmm. um, and then when I lived in Utah, it became really popular for people to run outside and bang pots and pans and honk their car oh. horns. So it was super noisy in our neighborhood when we lived in Utah. Mm. And then when we moved here, we did fireworks here. We did aerial firework fireworks a couple of years as well. But a lot of times it's just it's cold. So we stay right. inside <laughs> and we do you know handheld party party blowers and things that are just not not nearly as noisy but fun and they make some noise inside right okay because i think if we have things like noisemaker everybody will be mad at each other because you know well, i'd better sleep and i have to go to work tomorrow you know why are you making noises in the middle of the night yeah and people complain here too mm -hmm. but even if someone calls the cops the cops might just come and say stop doing it mm -hmm. so i don't think there's a big deterrent people right. will still do it okay Next question is, what is your old and new resolution that you constantly put back on your list, but never even close to kid? Oh, right. Because I, I said in the article that people make New Year's resolutions right. every year, but very few ever actually accomplish them. Yeah. So they just keep putting the same back on mm -hmm, the list. Mm -hmm. I definitely have some of those. Um, and they're not even original. They're the ones that people probably put on their list every year, which includes being more consistent with my exercise <laughs> and being more serious about my writing because um, they're things that are easy to kind of get busy with your life and stop doing. Right. So those two things show up on my list a lot. Mm. How about you? Do you have any? I would say exercise. I try to do yoga and I just totally like be lazy about it. I'm like, can I join the gym next month? So no, never been <laughs> there happening at all. Well, and here, where we live, it's not that close to go to the gym. No. That's part of my problem. I have to do it at home because I know if I have to drive myself to the gym, I'm even less likely to do oh, it. Oh, yeah. Th that's for sure. Yeah. have to drive for 10 to 15 minutes to go to the gym now. I need to get something that I can do at my place 
rowing machine or a treadmill or something like that. Agreed. Although I've had those things and that doesn't really matter. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> okay. The last question is,、um, what are your New Year's resolutions then? Okay, so those two things are coming back. Although,、no. I mean, I, I, have, I have been a little better about exercising, but I don't even want to do it to lose weight necessarily. I just want to do it to be more fit and more toned. So、yeah. it's back on my list this year so that hopefully I can be more consistent enough to actually feel stronger and more toned. That's my goal.、Mm-hmm. Um, and then get serious about my writing is back on there because I put it back on there every year and I still need to be better about my consistency.、Mm-hmm. Um, travel more. I started traveling more a couple of years ago. Right. And I love it. So I just want to keep doing more of that.、Mm-hmm. So hopefully this year I'll be able to continue that trend.、Mm-hmm. And then read more. I used to be a very voracious reader. When I was younger, you would catch me staying up till one in the morning reading.、Uh-huh. I used to buy eight books at a time and then read them all in a week because I couldn't pace myself.、Uh-huh. But I think as you get older and you have kids and you have jobs and you, you kind of find yourself scanning the news and Reading Instagram or you know,、right. read Instagram. Half the time I don't even read the captions.、Right. But you waste your time and you don't take the time to do things like actually read a book.、Right. So I'd like to read more books again this year. Yeah. Do you have any other resolutions you're going to have on your list this year? Yes, probably traveling. In fact, we are planning on traveling maybe at the end of April、uh, until the summer. Hopefully that will go well then. Because you know, it's the first long trip with a baby. So, if、mm. it goes well, we might be starting to travel a lot more this end of this year, too. That's、so. exciting. Hopefully,、yeah. she travels well for you. I, I hope so, too. So, that's the first time I've been talking about the first time I've been talking about the first time I've been t a l i n w a r e g o i n g t o t a l k a b o u t Idioms this time.、Okay. So, first one good riddance. Okay. Did I pronounce it right? Good riddance, yes. So, what does this mean? So, good riddance is something that you would say when you're just happy to be rid of something or rid of someone. I think in the article I said you're going to say, like, say good riddance to the past year、mm-hmm. and welcome the new year. This might be the case if you were unhappy with your year. You're just like, forget about this year. We're moving <laughs> forward. So, yeah, you just say good riddance when you want to say goodbye because to be rid of something obviously means you're. Right. It's going away.、You're, you don't have it anymore. So that builds on that word. So you can use this word when you're talking about someone? Oh,、like? yeah. You can wish somebody, or you can say good riddance to somebody as well. Yeah. She, you could say something like, oh, she finally left. Good riddance. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 여러분, 지금 들으신 good riddance 이 말은요, 무엇 무엇이 없어져서 또는 누구누구를 안 보게 되어서 속이 시원하다라고 말을 하고 싶을 때이 단어를 쓴다고 합니다. Okay, number two, bode well. Yeah, so if something is boding well, so the word bode is a verb and it means that it foretells or foreshadows or indicates something about the future.、Okay. So if something bodes well for something, then it's a sign of something good to come. So if I were using it in a sentence, I might say, let's hope all her studying will bode well for her exam,、mm-hmm. meaning we hope that all that studying is a sign that she will do well on、okay. her exam. Okay. Bode well for, 이말은요어떤좋은징조가될것이다라는말인데요여러분께서모두 well 대신에 ill 를쓰면흉조가될것이다라는말을쓸수있다고합니다 Number three, trickled down. So trickled down, I think this was in the article about the 
widespread use of champagne as the drink of choice for mm-hmm. toasting on New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if this tradition is something that's trickling down, that means it's gradually making its way from one place to another. Mm-hmm. Um, often it's from one level of a hierarchical system to another. So in the case of champagne, it was it started out in France with the wealthy and, and then it spread, you know, to other parts of Europe and then eventually to everyday people all around the world. So the trickle part of trickle down sort of just indicates that it's this gradual process. It takes a while to happen. And in fact, the term's often used in economics. You might have heard of trickle-down economics, right. which basically just means that the wealth, the idea anyway, is that the wealth will trickle down from the large corporations or the capital owners mm-hmm. to the workers. Mm-hmm. Whether or not you believe that is mm-hmm. another thing, but that's what it means. 이 말은요, 국가 경제 시스템 상황에 대해 보면은 부유층에서 서민층으로 무엇인가 이렇게 흘러 들어가다. 예를 들어 들면 뭐 돈이라든가 어떤 경제적인 어, 자원들이 부유층에서 서민층으로 흘러 들어가다라는 말을 쓸때 이렇게 trickle down이라는 말을 쓴다고 합니다. 자, number four, ring in the new year. So I actually had a a kind of an argument with my daughter about this one because mm. I said something about ringing in the new year and she's like no it's bringing in yeah, the new exactly. year. Yeah, exactly, bringing in the new year. And yeah. I said, well that seems like it makes sense but I swear I've always said ringing in the new year. Okay. So I looked it up to see which one of us was right. <laughs> okay. And it turns out we're both right. Although to say bringing in the new year is a little newer mm-hmm. and literally just means you're bringing in the new year. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty straightforward mm-hmm. and it means what it sounds like it means. Mm-hmm. To ring in the new year mm-hmm. was a pro- popular phrase that became popular because they literally would ring in the new year with with church bells. Bells, yeah. So originally a lot of people would go to churches to celebrate the ending of the year and the beginning of the next year and then at the stroke of midnight they would play the bells. The most well-known instance of this was the Trinity Church in New York. Before they did the whole ball drop in Times mm-hmm, Square, mm-hmm. they would gather at the Trinity Church and as soon as midnight struck, there was actually a man who would play songs on the church bells they had an octave so they had you know eight different bells he could play various songs and sometimes they would compose songs specifically for the occasion so they would ring in the new year Mm -hmm. and also um, it became popular because of a poem Mm -hmm. written by um, alfred lord tennyson he's a british poet Mm -hmm. and his poem is ring out ring out wild bells and he says ring out the old ring in the new so that poem is actually read in sweden at midnight every year still Mm, interesting Ring in the New Year 또는 Bring in the New Year 신년을 맞이하다라는 뜻을 가지고 있는데요. 둘다 맞는 문장입니다. Bring in the New Year는 말 그대로 뭐 새로운 해를 가지고 오는 것이고요. Ring in the New Year 이 말은 음, 예전에 그볼 드랍이 있기 전에 트리니티 철치에서 배를 가지고 음악을 연주하던 것에서 비롯이 되었는데요. 또 다른 이유 중에 하나는 어떤 영국인 시인이 이 자신의 시에 Ring Out Wild Bells라는 말을 쓰므로서 어떤 새로운 것을 들여오고 오래된 것은 다시 보내기 위해서 링을 울린다라는 의미에서 이렇게 시를 썼기 때문에 거기에서 이런 말들이 나와 유래가 되었다고 합니다. Thanks for joining our show today. Hopefully you learned something interesting. And again, as always, if there was something that you heard or you read that you would like to know more about, you can contact us by emailing your questions or ideas to our email at unboundedcompass@naver.com, or you can visit our blog and also leave comments there. We will post comments or add some of those ideas to the next podcast and explore some of the ideas that you're curious about. 자, 오늘도 여러분께서 즐겁게 저희 팟캐스트를 잘 들으셨으면 좋겠습니다. 질문 있으시거나 또는 이야기하고 싶은 아이디어가 있으시면 언제든지 저희 이메일로 그런 아이디어들을 보내주시길 바라고요. 저희 블로그 언바운드드 컴퍼스는 네이버 블로그에서 검색이 가능합니다. 
다음 시간에도 더 좋은 이야기로 만나뵐 것을 바라면서 여러분께서도 좋은 시간, 좋은 한해 맞이하시길 바랍니다. Happy New Year!